This morning, we are delighted to welcome back as our preacher, one of our own, Justin Tolliver, who is a seminarian, a third-year seminarian at Neshota House in Wisconsin. We are his sponsoring parish, and we're just delighted that he was back in Nashville for diocesan convention over the last two days and has agreed to preach for us this morning. Thank you all very much for having me this morning, and thank you, Reverend Serena, for the invitation. Um, please know that Corey and William send their greetings as well and their love. Please be seated. It's no accident that today's gospel reading falls during Epiphany. It continues the theme of divine inbreaking that was present during Advent and Christmastide. And today's reading also tells the story of beginnings. Set between Jesus' temptation in the wilderness and the Sermon on the Mount, it marks the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. And for the first disciples, it's also the beginning of a new path, one that will change the course of their lives forever as they follow Jesus. In thinking about the concept of following, I'm reminded of one of my favorite movie franchises, Indiana Jones. When I was growing up, I wanted to be Indiana Jones. The archeological adventures, the swagger, the fedora, all of it. And one of my favorite scenes comes at the beginning of the third film. It shows a teenage Indiana while he's still sort of becoming the character that we know as Indiana Jones. In the scene, he's on a horseback camping trip in the desert with a scouting group. And at one point in the trip, Indiana is charging out ahead and he gets away from their intended route and away from the rest of the group. And suddenly he stops and he looks around and he realizes he's all alone. He's confused shocked even that everyone else hasn't naturally followed him on this wild goose chase. Then without hesitation, he says out loud, everyone's lost but me. Some of us may be able to identify with this. He's so sure of his own direction that it doesn't really occur to him to follow someone else. I know the way. I can do this myself. Self-reliance is often held up as an ideal. And in some ways, it can be a positive, good thing. But when we start to think that we can do it all for ourselves, then it can begin to be harder to see Jesus as Lord. For some of us, that may be a welcome relief, that we don't have to do it all ourselves. For others of us, self-reliance may be a trait that's difficult to rethink. The disciples in today's reading show us a way to respond. The passage begins by showing that Jesus is intentional about choosing Galilee and Capernaum as the early base of his ministry. He does this to fulfill prophecy and also to begin to show a continuity 
between his ministry and the Old Testament. And then there comes a pivot point. The words from that time indicate that Jesus is making a shift here and that he's doing something new. He proclaims, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And this coming near is not just a physical nearness. It's also a nearness in time. In the person of Jesus, God's final and eternal reign is breaking into the here and now. Matthew's account is stark in what it says next and also in what it doesn't say. In it, Jesus is walking around Lake Galilee. And this is another intentional detail in the story. Jesus is walking around the backwater of Lake Galilee and not the halls of power in Jerusalem. He's looking for regular people who were going about the everyday toil of their lives. And they were probably a rough and unlikely crew and maybe not who we would have chosen. But Jesus sees them with different eyes. Most of us have probably known people who are so obviously talented, so ideally suited for a particular purpose that we just can't imagine them doing anything else. In this story, Jesus isn't looking for that. As he is walking around the lake, he sees these would-be disciples working at their nets and their boats. And when he sees them, Jesus simply says, follow me. This phrase has echoes of his previous word, repent. They're both calls to turn and to reorient towards the kingdom that has come near, to turn towards the person of Jesus. In calling the disciples, Jesus is inviting them into the life of the kingdom of heaven. And he doesn't ask them to prove their worthiness or their knowledge or their talent. He doesn't require them to be prepared and ready to go. He simply asks the disciples to be willing to follow him. And Jesus doesn't give any explanations. He doesn't tell them about where he is going or about what they are going to be doing. He doesn't sit them down and say, okay, here's the roadmap for where we're going, and here's the strategic plan for how we're going to get there. Instead, Jesus gives them himself, nothing less. Another thing to watch here is that the disciples don't ask questions. The point for the disciples isn't where they are going or what they will be doing. It is a matter of who they are following. They recognize something in Jesus, something compelling. Maybe it's authority. Maybe it's mercy. Maybe it's that one thing they've always been looking for that's going to fill the emptiness inside them. They see that, and they trust him. They drop everything and go. Matthew says that they immediately leave what they're doing and follow Jesus. They drop their nets. They walk away from their boats. 
they leave behind their livelihoods, their homes, and their families. But it's not only these tangible things that they leave. In answering Jesus' call, the disciples also let go of their own ideas about how things should go. They offer up themselves to his service. And so they follow Jesus as he walks around the countryside. They're with him as he teaches in the synagogues. They see and hear as he heals the sick and proclaims the good news of the kingdom that has now come near. They follow Jesus as this inbreaking bridges the separation between God and people. And this didn't just happen once 2,000 years ago in Galilee. The kingdom of heaven is still breaking in here this morning. The person of Jesus, the human face of God showed up then, and through him now, the love that created the universe, the love that will one day make all things new, is breaking into the mess of our everyday lives. The final reordering of the world begins here and now. It begins inside of us as our brokenness gets redeemed and our story gets retold. Jesus invites us to receive this and he invites us to participate in it. That is why in addition to offering good news, Jesus also invites us to follow him. He invites us to receive restoration from him and to embody that restoration and to live it out. Jesus is still calling disciples. He is calling us today. Like the early disciples, Jesus is calling us to turn towards him. And when we fall, to keep returning to him, to orient our lives towards him. Jesus calls us into relationship with him and into our corporate life together. He also calls us out into the world to go where he goes, to see people and needs with his eyes to ourselves proclaim good news and to fish for people. And to do this, Jesus doesn't ask us to be good enough or to know enough. We don't have to feel like we're fully prepared. We don't have to look the right way or have the right words. Like the early disciples, we don't have to have it all figured out before we start. Jesus asks us to be willing to take the first step, to recognize him for who he is, and to trust him as he says to us, follow me.